Welcome, Welcome to, to Power, Power of X-Men, 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 the greatest, the greatest comic book podcast in all of the multiverse. This is KGZ87, and welcome to the special episode of Power of X-Men. Our guest today is Kevin from the Words of the Witches podcast, as well as the Hanging with the Hollowell podcast. He is an incredible cosplayer, actor, and all-around human. You've seen his cosplay work ranging from Cyclops to Sailor Saturn all over Instagram. And I was just on his show talking about the charm books and our mutual love for Prue Hollowell. So he's here with us tonight talking about X-Men The End Volume 1. And I'm so excited to share this episode. Let's dive right in. During the whole making of X-Men and the casting of X-Men, I was there in the production office. Remember, you don't need to scream for help when Banshees are around. Was it supposed to be Jean or was it supposed to be Madeline? I drew that image and a deliberate hint at things to come. What makes Marvel Legends so special? Just the partnership with Marvel, you know, continuing to work with Jesse Falcon. This is your special guest host, Mr. Sinister. <laughs> you know, you would never put Storm in a ponytail. That would be well, weird. You could, but that would be weird. Answer. But giving it to Jean kind of made her the girl next door that everybody could talk to. When I met Stan, he was very gracious and 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 very kind. This is the Power of X Men podcast. I am your host, Dayspring. Hope you survive the experience. So we've literally already been talking for two hours. (laughs) Yeah, we did. Did did you even see my shirt all the way? I well, no, I didn't even see it all the way. Is that Cyclops with? Oh my god, with the little kitty! Yeah, it goes pew pew. (laughs) I don't see the pew pew. Oh my! Yeah, here it's it's very tiny. It's right here. You can't see it, but that's the words. Let me see. Oh my god, I love that so much. Oh my god, like that, like that is genius. So he has a Cyclops shirt and he's pointing <laughs> down like with his uh optic blast onto the floor, and a little cat is following it like you would with a laser, laser pointer. pointer. <laughs> I love that so much. So yeah, uh we have Kevin in the house today. Hello, hello. Yes. Oh my god, Kevin. <laughs> I'm such a huge wait, wait, wait. I'm sorry. I keep calling you Kevin and I'm not addressing you by your mutant name. Oh but yeah. I, picked it. I just made it up today. You told me to come up with one. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Hydrothermal. Like what? And then you showed me all these photos of you like obsessed with uh, both the fire and water elements. Yeah. And like, first of all, the first thing I thought about, like, oh my God this guy is like a kindred spirit because I'm up. I'm a fire sign. I'm a Sagittarius, but I love water. I love a good Pisces, but I also need hot water to soothe me. And I know that's stupid to say like, cause your tea, everything hot bath, but you don't understand. I probably take like 10 hot baths a day and it's not like anything drawn out. I just sit there and I meditate and I move on, you know, it's something very healing about that. You know, it's, because I can go into a shower, a hot shower or a hot tub when I'm sick and I'm just like, I feel so much better. I feel like, mm-hmm. you know, my sinuses are cleared, you know, everything is wonderful. You know, it's, it's, yeah, something very healing and therapeutic about that. So Hydrothermal is a bisexual actor, singer, model, and cosplayer, but really he's just a dorky random from <laughs> Milwaukee. And I'm sorry, look, I, 
thank you for being really modest in your bio. I asked you to send and you're like, really? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, you're not just uh, some random geek in Milwaukee. You're Cyclops cosplay. Oh my God. <laughs> I, I am really quite proud of that. I've always been a Cyclops stan, but um, uh, I really kind of worked to get it to the point where I was felt good about it and it, it, it's good thank you <laughs> well you look great i mean anyone who tunes in to this uh podcast knows that i will marry scott summers oh my god you have a pillow literally when i was looking down you pulled up this amazing cyclops pillow thank you hydrothermal yeah. for giving oh yes yeah oh, yeah <laughs> I so I said this on your podcast and I'm going to say it now. Um I totally love your room. Uh you oh, have the you. X-Men okay. Legends video games. Yeah, should I put them out again? Yeah, bring them <laughs> out, <Okay>. please. <laughs> I got you know there's one and two. Yeah. I I, I want to play them again. I should play them again. And yeah. I used to love I used to love X-Men X Dimension too, the fighting game. Oh, I love it. You must enjoy playing with fire. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you have the charmed house behind you as I do. well. You have the book of shadows. And now you have a Cyclops throw pillow. <laughs> I know, just just chilling, you know. <laughs> it's I'm, do you live in I'm picturing you living in the Hollowell mansion. <laughs> I would, I mean. I have I have fantasies about me like buying the house and then turn it into like a Hollywood museum like they did in Crisscross <laughs> because I have all you know all my stuff I have my P3 sign over there too I have P3 Wait, let me see oh. let, me turn, oh, let me turn it on I turn it on for you yeah don't, why are you being stingy <laughs> <laughs> okay you turn it on and then oh you can't see it but uh. oh oh my god. It's so bright, you can't really tell what it is. But you can, but I, I know, obviously, I know the P3. Side. Like, I'll send you a picture later where you can see it, like, really. So, <laughs> listeners, if you haven't surmised yet, Hydrothermal is a huge charm stand, as am I. I know I don't talk about it as much, but um, charm probably occupies about, like, mm, I want to say, like, 45% of my thoughts on a day. <laughs> and Hydrothermal, a.k.a. Kevin, is a podcast host for Words of the Witches. And we were just kicking on his podcast where we talked about a book from the Charm series, Beware What You Wish. I was going to say, be careful what you witch for. I know. It's um, a, it's, it tries to get you. It really does. It tries to get you. But um, he has this really magnetic personality. And, and we've been talking for a while on Instagram but we've never really met or like had like an actual, I don't want to say like IRL cause this isn't IRL, but right. like, dude, you're vibe. I'm like obsessed. <laughs> well, thank you. You know, I, I just try to be as authentic as possible and just try to be me in every aspect. And, you know, we're all layered, you know, but um, you know, I, I, you know, I have those, those geekery moments, the energy and I, I'm glad you, you can appreciate that and see that. <laughs> your sailor saturn cosplay okay yeah. so the other thing i'm obsessed with and everyone knows this because i talk about it all the time is sailor moon i am like <laughs> a crazy sailor moon stan <laughs> and your sailor saturn cosplay holy frack it's flawless yeah i mean and that i would i never even planned on ever doing a sailor a sailor moon cosplay or anything but um Cosplayer friends of mine were doing a group for a Dragon Con. They asked me to be a part of it. I'm like, 
hey, why not? I'm like, what sailors are available? And I'm like, ooh, Saturn sounds good. I, I can do Saturn. <laughs> You'll be like, like, I'll be the senshi of destruction and despair. Right, right. I'm like, I, I mean, I like a little bit of a, a enigmatic kind of that brooding kind of i don't know i like it no you I nailed think. it that's exactly she yeah. comes in at the 13th hour to either end the world or save it yeah spoilers that's you know i don't i showed you you know my you post my mercedes page my fire water page in there i don't know if you could read the um description in there but it pretty much it, i have to find it but it's pretty much says that i am from peril i'm powers from peril universes and i'm always kind of like chaotic and you never know how i'm going to turn and you know no one knows how i'm going to end up saving the world or destroying the world and it's it totally fits into the right there and you're also a little bit of phoenix there too either yeah or your dark phoenix yeah yeah i love that so when did you we are an x-men podcast and i can talk about sailor moon and charmed (laughs) all day actually i can't even talk about charm for over two hours as you just discovered but I'm curious, let, let, let's bring into the X-Men because I don't know your history with the X-Men that much. So this is a learning experience for me sure. too. Um, what was your first memory of the X-Men? Oh, I mean, it's probably the animated series. That was like oh, yeah. the thing in the 90s that like, you know, prime age for it. You know, you always said, na, 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 na. I mean, it was iconic. It came out all the time. And um, Wait, I'm sorry, do that again. That was incredible. I can't I can't do it I, I there's an episode recently where uh, someone was humming it and I was like I was like so bad I was like I have to cut this like it's so awful and the way you did it I loved it anyways I'm sorry thank you okay it's, anyways. it's that it's that choir singer person in me that musical theater actor in me that's that's bringing it out but uh <laughs> Uh, yeah, but it's it's uh, that was my first kind of thing that because between that and Spider Man, the '90s Spider Man. Oh really yeah, because um, my big Spider Man fan too. I have my little pillow that I'm sitting on right oh now. Oh my god, you have a neck pillow of Spider Man. Oh <laughs> You're adorable. I love that so much, dude. I just want to like hang in this magical room. You're in. Is this your bedroom or living room? Or this is just this is just a nerd room. I have other stuff over here. You can see. I got X-Men characters and Power Rangers and stuff. Over oh my there. God. You have that Phoenix there's, there's statue. Sp- yeah. Yeah. There's my Spider-Man wall, my corner or whatever. So, Oh my God. I, I just Kingdom Hearts stuff here, like Disney Kingdom Hearts stuff. Oh, well, I haven't played Kingdom Hearts in such a long time. Um, it's funny. I forget people who are not in New York city actually have space for things. So I'm just, <laughs> I'm like, why, why do you have just a geek room? Like, I'm just, I'm still throwing off. I'm like, is this your studio apartment? You're like, bitch, it's just one bedroom in my <laughs> fabulous life. Like it's, it's actually pretty cheap to live in Wisconsin, uh, in Milwaukee. It's, it's, it's really expensive. So you can get a lot for your book. Uh, we talked about this, uh, earlier today, I thought you lived in LA because again, you have such a majestic smile. You have such a charismatic like presence. I thought you were just uh, an LA. <laughs> yeah. And you never, I get that a lot. A lot of people think I'm in LA and it's, it's I'm like, Oh really? Okay. <laughs> I, but but I, I usually visit LA once a year or so. And uh, I go like, it's fun here, but I don't think I could live here. People are, <laughs> I don't know. It's, just, it's a little too hectic for me, I think. Yeah. Um, but you know, but- our nerd alert, our Jason just moved there. He was in, uh, where was he before? I forget. Uh, was it San Francisco? I think. So. Oh, yeah, he was in. Yeah, that's right. So it wasn't I think too, so. far, too, um, too far. I, I just hung out with him when I was in LA. I love nerd alert so much. We met at uh, Last Dragon Con. Oh, really? 
uh, we we were at the party there. And, oh, you uh, sent me. That's how we first started talking because I had yeah. him. We had him on the podcast a couple like a while ago, and you were like, "Oh, I know him," and you sent a photo of you guys together. And yeah. I was like, "Oh my god, they're friends! That's so cool!" And that's how you and I started really talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was and in my body. I was body painted as a torn suit Spider Man. So I was like, "Oh my god!" Shredded. I remember the picture right now. You <laughs> looked obviously, you looked great. Both of you looked incredible. But Jason, you know, was on the podcast again recently. We did a Hellfire gig. Oh, you did yes. with Amanda Martini, Mister yes. Scott Free, and him. Like, isn't that insane? Like, that's <laughs> my god. That was so much fun. We need to get you on a kiki like that because like i would love to see you oh yeah go at it. <laughs> so you so so you're watching the animated series did you ever gravitate towards the comics i uh when did i start reading because i'm not i'm not a huge comic book reader because i do like comics but i always feel so over, overwhelmed by them um oh, yeah. just comics in general just like they go to all different directions and there's so many different issues and there's so many different stories and so many different, you know, spinoffs and stuff. So I kind of picked, I like to get the volumes that were all, I don't usually get issues, single issues, but I like, uh, usually get the volumes and I picked up them every once in a while, occasionally. And, uh, I had them for a while. I read, uh, quite a few. I even read like the mutant X with havoc and, uh, I love mutant X so much. And I love it so much. I did a Instagram live with planet X-Men and he's here. Like, I don't trust people who like mutant X. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, cause it's fun. Sometimes it was just, just good old fashioned fun. Sometimes. And here's the thing. Sometimes you got to turn off your brain and just like, enjoy the story that's ahead of you. Like, of course, like you look back and you read mutant X. Yeah. I I agree a hundred percent with Chris. It ain't fun. But, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you're like, eh, I'm going to get this novelty that Havoc has come to this alternate dimension where the X-Men are more like Halloween and Marvel Woman <laughs> is Madeline Pryor. <laughs> so it's, it, I really enjoyed it. But to our benefit that you have picked up trades, we are going to be talking about X-Men The End today. Yes. After we get to know you, yeah, you have, right. I, I only have it on digital format because um, all my old trades are back home in Florida. Yeah. I want to get to know you more. We want, I have a feeling the Power of X-Men community is just going to be crazy about you. Um, who is your favorite X-Men? I mean... <laughs> I wonder who. I wonder who. I'm a big Cyclops fan. I know he's not the most loved per- character in the, in the X-Men universe. But um, I really like him. I find him... I kind of get drawn to those tragic characters to me. And Cyclops is kind of a tragic character to me because he always wants to have that control he wants to have that you know he wants to be a leader like he is but he's has all this inner turmoil that that he has to kind of keep contained and you know he has all these like this loss and you know and the fact that he has to wear visor to even control his power is something that probably eats him up every day and so it's like ah it's it's just really nice to see that layered kind of character to me even though most people just see him as the boy scout well how do you feel about this uh recent you know, revelation, it's not a revelation, but sort of insinuation that he, Gene and Logan are in a throuple. I'm all about it because I'm, I'm a bisexual guy, you know, yep. so uh, I'm all about it. <laughs> it's like my, one of my, because it's always been, under, it's always kind of been there, like subliminally and like it's been hinted at, but this is something that's like even more in your face. And, uh, and uh, actually I might be doing a photo shoot soon or that way we might bring some of that triple vibes out <laughs> i'm supposed to be going to vegas uh over fourth of july weekend 
with um <laughs> with some other cosplayers that you might know. Uh, stop, stop. <laughs> I'm trying to think who's in Vegas. I'm trying to think. Is it Jason? <laughs> not Jason. <laughs> no spoilers. I'm not gonna profit. Uh, okay, Dorkside Fitness. You know Dorkside Fitness? I do know Dorkside. I do know Dorkside. I don't I don't think we've ever interacted, but of course. Oh my god, that's incredible. Who's 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 gonna be Gene? Is it Michelle? I forget her friend. I know it's the V Phoenix. Phoenix. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's I don't not, know. I'm, it's not who I was I, thinking. Yeah, I don't know who it is, but um, yeah, we're we're gonna meet and we're gonna do some photo shoots and some stuff. Uh, I recently did a Captain America cosplay to Infinity War cosplay, and it I know you that. sent it to me. I think I squealed. I'm such. A, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm such a fanboy. Oh my gosh. Um. All right. So Cyclops is your favorite. You know, he's had a lot going on in the books recently. Um, who's your least favorite? <laughs> we are salty here. I'm sorry. We, we can be salty. Give me a read. Give me a read. Okay. Oh, and the only response that's acceptable here is Hank McCoy. I know. I know. <laughs> you know how much I fucking hate Hank McCoy. Right. <laughs> so, and it's, I, I, when I first heard you say that, because it was a few episodes ago, I was listening to it. I was like, I was like, he hates beats. Why? Because my, my, my only like real memory of him was just like, the fun guy in the nineties cartoon, like he was. Well, and like he's great in look. he's yeah. great in the cartoon. Yeah, and so I'm like, oh, and then I hear, I hear all these things that I wasn't aware about. I'm like, oh, oh, okay. Well, maybe he's not so nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, who is my least favorite? God, <laughs> I never really think about least favorite. Uh, who do I hate? Who do I hate? Uh, I don't know. Good, dude. You look, you have an open heart. I do. I really love most people. Uh, probably, some, probably one of the gross ones. Like, one oh. like, like oh, who's a gross one I don't like? Like Maggot. Maggot, yeah. No I, don't like the, I, I don't like the blob. Oh, blob. I mean, maybe maybe I don't know. Maybe I didn't get to understand him enough, but <laughs> you know, I'm like, I'm like he's, too, he's too big. He's too scary for me. <laughs> Yeah, you know, it's funny. I don't, with the exception of joking about Beast, I don't think I hate any X-Man in particular because one, they're fictional characters. Two, I came to X-Men at a point in my life where I was being bullied so badly that reading these comic books, watching the TVs, playing the video games, I, I sort of was able to escape into them. And I just took these people for who they were. And I just enjoyed the stories. I inhaled them. So, you know, th there have been characters in the past that maybe like, you know, Kitty was someone that I was like, well, she feels like more like whatever the writers want her to be, but I still will, will, will come to a Kitty story. And I think Marauders where she's now Kate, it's a wonderful tale. So like, yeah, I'm with you. Like, it's hard to like, be like, I don't like this one. It's like, I don't know. I don't really have strong feelings. Even when thinking about charm, they're like, Phoebe would be my least favorite sister, but I still like her at certain points right. more than other characters. Does that make sense? Right. And, and it would still writers, watch a show about Phoebe. Sure. Different writers interpret the characters in different ways and see like they evolve a lot over time too. So it's, you know, it makes sense. So you have the video games there. Is there a particularly favorite X-Men video game you played? <laughs> I mean, it probably was. X-Men Legends. I really like that one. I feel like, you know, I got the the story and I got uh, to play. I got to see a lot of my favorite characters. Um, 
And the fact that now I know that it was made in Wisconsin is kind of cool. <laughs> so. Yeah, so uh, he's referring to the episode we did with Patrick Lippo, where that's where Raven Software was at. And w- the episode hasn't aired yet. I interviewed the X-Men Legends 2 and Ultimate Alliance 1 director, Dan Bondrack. And but he, didn't he have a background of like the like Green Bay Packers and stuff there too? Oh, yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, <laughs> so I'm like, in- I mean, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> I love how you know that. Yeah, exactly that. And he mentioned he got the job because Patrick ended up moving um, out to the Pacific Northwest. But he also let me know what X Men Legends three would look like. I know, and that's going to become. I want to tell you. I'll tell you once we're not recording, but. Um, <laughs> It would have been good, but I agree. I love the video games so much, and I played them in college, and it was such a good time. Yeah, and I think we yeah. were talking about on 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 your podcast. I was like, "Well, you asked me what's the connection with the X Men, you know, X Men and Charm," and I was like, "Well, I was playing X Men Legends one <laughs> during season seven of Charmed, and then X Men Legends two during season eight, and of course, you brought up, and I won't steal your thunder." Oh. That uh, Lee Allen Baker, the voice of Jean Grey in those games, was Hannah Webster in season one of Charmed. And she yeah. was also on Will and Grace. She, she was. was the best friend. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we need to do another crossover with her in it. Um, but wait, speaking of actors and stuff like that, what did you think of the movies? Do you have a particularly favorite X movie? I mean, I because I'm a big Cyclops fan, I get mad a lot of times the way he's treated in the movies. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. That was like, laughable what they did to him. Yeah. I'm like, ugh, just cut his part shorter every movie that comes through. <laughs> so um I guess but yeah, I I mean I probably everyone's favorite is like X Men two. But I, I don't know, I think I I think I might like the first one. Just because I feel like Cyclops has a bigger role in there. He's not he's not offensively like cut down. Marginalized. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh and you know, and there's some fun lines in there, you know. Do you know what happens to a toad when it's struck by lightning? You know, like <laughs> now tell us, please. <laughs> well, so the creators of the X-Men animated series, Eric and Julia Leewald, talked about how they saw the script for X-Men One, and they were like, Storm has nothing to do in it. And obviously the script evolved, but I still think that is still a problem in the movie. And they try to give Storm this badass moment, but it was like literally the most laughable moment (laughs) out of the entire movie, which was a great movie. I I saw it like not too long ago again, and it holds up. It's not a bad, and it gave us the, it set the bar for future superhero movies, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Okay, so what did you think of James Marsden's actual portrayal of Cyclops? I I probably what made me fall in love with James Marsden, actually. Oh, my God. After disturbing behavior, I was in love with him. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, I'm just like, because, and then he started doing, like, Enchanted, and he did Hairspray, and it's like, this is like my career. I want, you're playing all the parts I want to play. Thank you. <laughs> like, well, you do well, have kind of like a James Marsden quality to you. I see it. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you. Uh yeah, it's. Uh, I thought he did a, a good job with it. I mean, they they don't because they probably. I mean, they couldn't. They get some of the tr- the, la- the layers, the tragicness of it. But he is kind of the Boy Scout, like people expect him to be too. But I, I thought I liked the way he acted it. I liked. I could still see his eyebrows and his emotion. <laughs> you know, he had good uh, eyebrow game. Yeah, although it's funny because they think of like, um, what's a guy that plays Beast in like the newer ones. 
remember his name. Oh, oh my! Now I now I'm totally blanking on his name. Oh my God, Nicholas Holt. Yes, I always felt like he would have made like a much better younger Cyclops than Beast because I feel like he has that kind of same kind of face. And yeah, he, he's well, tall like Cyclops should be, and you know I don't know. <laughs> so that was going to be my next question. What did you think of Ty Sheridan? <laughs> I mean, I don't know if it was like bad. It just doesn't. It wasn't as memorable to me. I don't know. I agree. Like he, him, and Sophie Turner just didn't. They, I, I thought Sophie Turner looked perfect as Jean. I think Ty Sheridan in Dark Phoenix really looked like Cyclops, but there was something that was just lacking. I don't know if it was script. I don't know if it was direction. I don't know if it was chemistry. I don't know if it just maybe they weren't the right actors for that role. I don't know. On the surface, it's a good idea, but it mm-hmm. didn't get executed the way it should have. Yeah, I mean, not that Cyclops is a big energetic guy, but I still didn't feel enough of the energy that I wanted yeah. <laughs> you know, from him. So. No, I mean, Cyclops is a leader. And hopefully in the MCU, we're going to see that uh, fleshed out a little bit more. And especially since you don't have to have the Hugh Jackman problem in, in the prequels, which is Hugh Jackman's going to steal the spotlight because it's Wolverine. The people gravitate towards him, rightfully so. And so Cyclops has to get marginalized from a narrative standpoint. Like, fine. You know, like I'll accept that for the first franchise, right. but now you're coming at it again. You don't have Hugh Jackman here. You know, people like faithful uh, comic book adaptations, give Cyclops something to do, give him, make him the leader. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that's what we need. That's what we need. So what about your cosplaying history? When did you start cosplaying? Oh, <laughs> uh, I guess Spider-Man was my first one. I had a, a, I made like a whole picture of like my Spider-Man evolution. I had so many different Spider-Man costumes. Really? Where, where's that photo? Oh, I should find it. Um, it's on my Instagram somewhere. Oh, I'll, 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 yeah, you'll, you'll find I'll it. Some, yeah, but it's on there. And uh, yeah, my first costume. It wasn't even for like anything except for just me to have it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I went to like a, the Salvation Army. I would just roam the streets on in it. <laughs> like, I love that. I remember there's a video on YouTube somewhere of me like running around the Salvation Army, and because it was like just full like Zentai suit, no soles or anything, I was like slipping. I was walking through there on the tile floor and like fell over a bunch of times. You didn't have any was... shoes on? No. Oh no. my god! It, it was before. Yeah, I mean, cause and I, they didn't. Cause they I, didn't build the soles into them. They didn't. Boy, that that particular suit did not have soles in it because it was still pretty new. Is before. It, all the epic cosplay. I think because people didn't do epic cosplays back then when I first started doing stuff. I think it was probably like 2008. Yeah. I mean, the conventions were happening, but not when no one I knew and I was just kind of like the newbie looking at costumes. Uh, but yeah, and so that was the first one. The first convention I went to, I did a Dragon Ball Z character, something easy. I did the bad man Vegeta with the crazy wig and bad hair and yes. the pink shirt. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, that was my first one. And after that, then I started getting more and saving up and doing the, the real good stuff. <laughs> okay. And and so obviously you're a very prolific cosplayer. When did things start snowballing for you? Was there a particular look that sort of people were like, wow, he nailed it. <laughs> uh, I think you nail all the looks, but I'm just curious, like what did people respond to the most and, and, and sort of propel you to where you're at today? Yeah. What was it? Uh, I mean, I think, I think Zaddy it was Cyclops. Yeah, Cyclops. I mean, that one did get a ton of. Uh, I was shared all over the place. I was in all different like Instagram. Yeah, you look incredible in it, and I'm not talking about like some of the more provocative ones. I'm talking about like the 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 Cyclops yeah. you in the park like that. You look absolutely wonderful. 
Well, thank you. Yeah, I think that was probably the big one. But I was I was already kind of established doing my real cosplay before that. Um, I think it was probably just probably my Spider Man like trying to get that right. And every time I got a new Spider Man, it uh got it got me further along. And I I've had gigs. I did like uh events in Spider Man. I was paid to do Spider Man stuff, and so I just kept going and, and working on that. I love that. That sounds absolutely wonderful. So do you have a particular uh, character you love cosplaying as? I like, oh, I mean, I definitely love doing my Cyclops one, but uh, some, I did enjoy doing my Kenshi from Mortal Kombat. It was probably one of the more involved ones that I did. Um, oh, and you know what? Power Ranger was a big one too. That was another one. That oh, that's right. You were the Blue Ranger, right? My, my, my Blue Ranger. Uh, I my intent was just to do Blue Ranger, and I went to one Power Ranger convention. It was the first time I traveled outside of my state or outside of my area. Uh, I w- went on a plane, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm gonna go to this convention and travel. This is crazy." Um, Wait, I'm sorry. What? what rewind there for me. Wait, <laughs> yeah. you never left Milwaukee. Well, I mean, I left, but not for a convention. So this is my oh, first okay. Time. First time oh. traveling for a convention. Oh, okay. I was like, whoa. Okay. Okay. I was like, I was like, I'm <laughs> cosplaying. Okay. No. So your first cosplaying experience you were leaving from Wisconsin, uh, going there as a cosplayer. Okay. Yeah. Okay. It was, it was in Florida. It was in Orlando. I went to Ranger Stop. That was my first, oh, like, you, you know, I'm a Florida boy. Mm-hmm. Love my Florida. Yeah. So, uh, I went there and I did the Blue Ranger and, uh, found a whole bunch, a whole team of Rangers. And we got like the core, like six people uh six rangers and we were together and uh then i started becoming big in the ranger fandom i was going to all the ranger conventions and doing new rangers and like i'm like okay this is not what i wanted to do but sure this is what's evolved into (laughs) and uh yeah it was so i did a couple different rangers now since then and uh now i'm just trying to move on and branch out a little bit because i feel like if you do one ranger you kind of do them all yeah because they're all similar but uh you know uh I would like to just keep keep getting that fandom, do different things. Well, what's one cosplay you're eager to do but haven't done yet? Ooh. I know. Look at, I'm sorry, that's my Oprah question. <laughs> I want to do um, Lunar Wolf Sokka from Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Uh, cause, cause, because I love Sokka and because it, the, the wolf thing, I don't have to cut my hair crazy. I can just put it over my head and it'll be fine. And then I get a space sword and I get, it'd be a great winter one because the winter conventions here in February, I'll have a nice like water tribe, furry, fluffy thing. <laughs> have you gone back to conventions yet? I don't, I, I have some, I know there's some like mini conventions happening. Yeah. But you haven't yet. Do you miss conventions? You must miss. I do. I do. Yeah. So hopefully, I know C2E2 is coming, I think, in December. I may try to go back get to that. And then in February, the Anime Milwaukee is coming back. So I'll probably do that one and you know, slowly and surely. And then Dragon Con, I'll probably get to since I already have my ticket from last year. So, rolled over. <laughs> so why cosplay? Why, why, why do you gravitate towards cosplaying? That's my other Oprah question. You're welcome. <laughs> well, thanks, Oprah. Uh- <laughs> I mean, I'm nowhere as cool, for the record, but... But what? But why? What, what does cosplay? Why? And I, and the reason why I ask this is because I I get so many beautiful answers from other cosplayers, ranging from it's fun to it's an art to it's just something I do to cope with you know something that happened to me you know blah 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 and I it, it's beautiful. Yeah, I mean, I think it's kind of stemmed from my 
because I, I'm an actor, I do musical theater and acting and stuff. And it's probably a sense from me just really being drawn to certain characters and really feeling for them and really relating to them and giving me the opportunity to like put myself in their shoes and like, and, and really be that person that you idolize so much and, and, and play a character and just have fun with it. You know, I, 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 it just, there's something very rewarding to bring those childhood characters and the, even the adult characters and to see it like come to life right in front of your eyes. And instead of just on a, a TV screen or in a comic book, or whatever, it's like there in front of you and you're it. And it's like, you feel the powerful, you feel cool. And I love that response. <laughs> yeah. And then you just getting with other cosplayers because you, you do it. And then there's other cosplayers around you and you're just like, this is the most amazing thing ever. You, you, you have a geek out and it's, it's really a great community. I love that so much. I cosplayed as Robin once many, many moons ago. And you meet other people on the con floor and, and people. The one thing I found that was really interesting for that, and again, I've only done this once. You have done it you know, countless times. But people talk to you as if you are that character. And like, I don't, you know, sometimes <laughs> you're like, I don't know the distinction <laughs> there. I don't know what to tell you. But I've done it myself before. When mm-hmm. I've seen like a Shira, I'm like, I love you, Shira. Right. <laughs> the needed the geekiness takes over sometimes. <laughs> the geekiness is strong. What are you in the cosplay community? People have explained this to me before, and I have a very baseline understanding of the dynamics of cosplayers. Are you a builder? Are you a that's all I know. Builder, designer, a prop maker? Like it seems like there are different categories that each cosplayer kind of like occupies yeah i'm none of those <laughs> I, I i just i'm just the person that looks good in a suit you know like i don't have the skills to make my own stuff i'm really i mean like i can modify stuff and i'll, I'll make things maybe tweak to fit me better or look better um mm-hmm. but i i don't have the skills to make props or or sew or you know you know doing the sewing and stuff like i just i just like to wear it and and have it have it on my body and just feel like it's there and like i'm i it works (laughs) my best friend is a fit model and she has to wear clothes that's you know designed for her body type and everything and that is an art and i know a lot of people dismiss that as something like oh but no like the way you fit something the way you wear it that's wonderful and obviously it shines through in the community you've made so i i agree you look great in them (laughs) (laughs) um so you today we were talking about what we should read and you had x-men the end by chris claremont and we're going to read the first volume of that. And I'm curious, why did you have that volume laying around? I have, I have two and three as well. Um, but uh, oh, I, I love that. yeah, I think this was around the time where I was looking for comics specifically. I was like, oh, I, I want to know more. I want to, I want to see these characters. I want to see. Some. And I think uh, I was like in Barnes and Noble. I was browsing the comic section. I think the art kind of spoke to me i'm like this is beautiful it was around the time you know phoenix and song came out too and like oh i love the art and this, this is beautiful um so i, I think well, it just phoenix and song phoenix and song when it first came out the art was gorgeous but unfortunately the artist uh didn't do so well later on but anyways i'm sorry i interrupted you continue yeah i mean i don't know 
but I remember just that I remember just seeing that right and I was like yeah cool um and so this was part of it and I'm like ooh the end and I didn't realize that this was like a whole like Marvel series of the end like end books until much later um so I was just like oh this looks good <laughs> it was so you, you you nailed it it was um a series created by Marvel uh, they were doing multiple VN titles and X-Men obviously was up on the docket. And of course, Chris Claremont had to write it. And I think it was more of a reaction to the X-Men Reloaded era where um, the Astonishing team was at the forefront. New X-Men had just ended at Phoenix and Song had just, you know, played out. So I, I think there's a lot in here in the series that was meant to tie in some loose ends like Madeline Pryor and the origins of Gambit. And so I enjoyed it a lot. I've heard a lot of people haven't enjoyed it, though, or at least by today's standard, no one really talks about it. Yeah, I, and I did read that. I was looking at it like, oh, people didn't like it so much. I was like, oh. Um, and I guess because it isn't, this isn't 616, but it's inspired by 616 stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I'm <laughs> that was that was interesting to me. Yeah, you know, the thing that I took this as I, I took that everything that had happened in the main Marvel universe was canon for this, and that's why when I've gotten little spats with people about is Gambit a Summers brother, well. X-Men the end sort of confirms this later on in the series, not in the volume we read, because this was a spanning epic, you know, like this went on for years, um, <laughs> but also Madeline Pryor as well. You know, her origins are sort of tackled in there. And um, the main character of this series, Alaya is the daughter of Bishop and Deathbird. Yeah. Yeah. And she's fabulous. I don't think we've seen her in ever since this story. I mean, yeah, this is the first when I picked this up. I was like, oh, who's this chick? I'm like, I'm like, oh, I know Bishop. Like, oh, okay. I didn't realize. So I was like, I was learning so much reading this um the first time I read it, but then I'm going back again. I'm like, oh yeah, I have memories. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, I love the Greg Land art, you know, of her on the cover with the guns and like Jean in the background and Storm and our boy Cyclops. I just thought it was so beautiful. And, you know, just to jump into the first issue, I love that opening scene where it kind of like tells us her origin story and she's like jogging through the simulation and you see the mansion and everything. And yeah. I just thought like the art was so kinetic. It was so well done. I think Sean Chen d nailed it. He, he, he captured a mood here. For sure. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what drew me into it. All of this art. I'm like, yes. And I think this was around the time where I'm just like, I like comic books. Why don't I read these more? <laughs> I love how you're like, I, why don't I read more comic books? But you know what? That's totally fine because like, it's not for everyone. Like a lot of people love and appreciate the movies and stuff like that more. And that's totally fine. There's not, there's nothing wrong. There's no wrong way to be a fan. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like I like comics. I think the thing with me is I just get so overwhelmed, and I I get lost. You know, I can't keep up, and then I get lost, and then I get you know this feeling where I'm like, ah, I can't. Where do I start now? Where do I read? So, and that's that's what just happened. Well, me. I will I will <laughs> give you a reading guide, obviously. Um, 
But so Aaliyah here is confronting the Cree and she saves this like weird stranger who kind of comes out of this like pod, like matrix style. Like she's bald, <laughs> she's naked. She yeah. has like, tubes connected. She's slimy. Like, well, who is this? This is not Cassandra Nova. What? <laughs> like- <laughs> and, and so they escape on the star jammers, uh, you know, spaceship uh, and um, the stranger manifests a phoenix effect, and it's Jean. Yeah, she surprise, is, surprise, surprise, surprise. We well, we didn't know it was Jean because at the time, at least when you're reading it, um, you know, she's just a random stranger. She's just a figure. Like she doesn't have her signature red hair. She just came out of this pod, and I love that moment when they're on the Star Jammer. And, you know, the Phoenix effect happens and they do that splash page with like Cyclops and Emma, Rachel Cable, Mr. Sinister. I was kind of weirded out. And I remember reading this when I was in college right there. Oh, my God. And Sinister's like, well, at long last, the prodigal (laughs) daughter returns. And Cable's (laughs) like, oh, my God, did I betray you? And Rachel's like, mom. And I just... I loved it. It was a moment. Jean is back and everyone is feeling it. Yeah. Yeah. It, I mean, took the world by storm and it's, it's, it is really impactful. It's something, you know, you see it in the sky and everywhere around the world. It's like, what would you, know, you do if day. you saw a Phoenix effect? I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, but what would you do if you were just randomly walking through Milwaukee and you saw a Phoenix effect? I'd be like, Oh my God, this is too cool. <laughs> I'm like, where's my video camera? <laughs> I know, I, I Instagram it. Like, the first thing I do yeah. is Instagram it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I love the the line Aaliyah gives where she's here like, I've heard stories about you. You're supposed to be the end of all there is. And Jean's like, not now, not ever, but what I am is cold. <laughs> make it. Although I was like, but Jean, you just manifested the Phoenix. Like, maybe you're a little warm. Right, I mean... Um, but I, th- <laughs> but I understand why this first issue would have resonated with a reader. And I'm sorry, wait, before I, I move on, to, we move on, excuse me, to the, the next issue. It ends with Nightcrawler coming on board because his daughter, uh, Nocturne, is you know brainwashed and is near death and only her dad can help her. And Gene intuitively knew that. But I understand full well why someone who's probably not into comics as much would have picked this up because there is a sense of urgency. You do have a blank slate with a character like Aaliyah, who is your point of view character. Mm-hmm. And she's really badass and interesting and has a great origin story. Yeah. Yeah. All of that. All the things. You said all the things. <laughs> I said um, all the things. But it's exactly. And it, it felt like, you know, I would get because it's tying all these things together. I felt like I would get a little bit of all the history that's been happening at some point. And even if I don't understand it, at least I get a little piece of it. Um, yeah. And Chris Claremont, I think is such a great writer in that he always frames things in his captions for people. You know what I mean? I, mm-hmm. I, I know if you're like a, a big X reader, you're kind of like, Oh, this is uh, reductive dialogue, but you know, uh, everyone picks up a comic book for the first time, and this really helps. But anyways, I thought issue one was such a great story setup. My only qualm was with Storm kind of like in that chair and Wolverine being like, here comes the airplane coming. I was like, yeah. I was like, no. Oh, oh. I still don't. Why was she like that? I still don't understand why she was st- like that. 
I still don't get it. Someone can explain it to me. I have to read volume two again. I remember thinking like they never really explained what happened there. Maybe they did. And uh, if you're listening to this episode and you know, please feel free to DM <laughs> us at Power of X-Men to explain it. But I remember not feeling I got an answer for that. And also thinking two things. One, like, why would you put Storm in a situation like that? Like, she's an all-powerful goddess. Like, that just right. seems like A, I don't know. Don't put her there. And then B, I don't buy for one second that Wolverine would have been like, Jeannie can take care of herself. I think Wolverine would be like, shit. Right. Gina's back. Yeah. And Storm will be like, shit, Gina's back too. Because those are two people right after Cyclops that have a strong rapport with Jean. Storm yeah. and her have a sisterly bond. Obviously, that love triangle with Logan. So I that, that kind of took me out there for a while. But like, sure. Like, it's been decades since she's been around. And I never, I've never been a fan of Logan and Storm together. They don't, doesn't, didn't really make sense to me. <laughs> Agree. Just because it's two iconic characters doesn't mean they need to be together. You know what I mean? Like, they, they can just be coworkers. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. fine. And, and they're both very sexy. Don't get me wrong; they're beautiful humans. But I don't need them to come together. Yeah. So the next issue. Oh, this is where we have Emma and Scott. So this is when this is when they're at the mansion and Scott is doing like <laughs> talking to Jean's parents about. It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I saw it too. <laughs> and and uh, Emma's like, Ugh, I hate, I hate, I don't care about Jean. I don't care about her parents. Just leave them. <laughs> like, come with the bed. And she's <laughs> like. <laughs> It's like, you know, your family is more important, which I don't think Emma and Scott ever had children. And that's why I was, that's why I knew them. Like, this can't be 616. Yes. Yeah. They have they have uh, like what four daughters or something. There's three daughters and a son. Yeah. So what so I think baby Alex and then they have Megan or Meg, who is a telepath. But yeah, like this, presumably the Emma Scott relationship was just beginning in Astonishing. So we hadn't seen them right. as a couple long for a long time. So you're absolutely right. Of course, it's not going to be 616. But then it flashed forward here. Like, I'm, I'm assuming it's like 20 years. I forgot what the actual number was. Oh, yeah, yeah. And it was kind of nice to see it. And like Cyclops has that line where he's here like, you know, it wasn't easy leaving Gene, but it was the best decision of my life. And it obviously worked out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. That was nice. <laughs> Then we have, oh, we have Kitty and <laughs> and Rachel at a bar. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, apparently Kitty is running for office. <laughs> yeah. that's Hey, that's a connection to our charm thing with the running for office. <laughs> oh, my God. There you go. The, this is why this is a crossover event. <laughs> yeah. So, like, Cyclops is, like, going around and he's here, like, oh, dur, I'm going to go, like, get, like, Rachel and Nathan and have the cuckoos come with me because Gene is back. And they're like, uh, no. <laughs> we're kind of busy and right. like rachel gets like really angry she does she she starts like sparking up and she's like it's like i'm fire i'm gonna get you and, <laughs> and she's she's, probably, like, she, she's probably wasted a little she's a little bit drunk at this point too very highly emotional why wouldn't you be drunk i mean like she just felt her like mom return from the dead like a zillion time and uh her dad who she has a lot of grievances with just shows up but um yeah, I thought it was a really fun scene. Like they're all running through, trying to get, um, 
trying to get the gang back to see like what are we gonna do with um with Jean's return. Yeah, yeah. I know like I know Kitty um gets like she's like bisexual in modern times and like current comics and stuff. Yeah, it was purposely intentional by Chris Claremont at the end that Kitty would have children with red hair and it was supposed to be insinuated it was with Rachel and that Rachel and Kitty were in some kind of relationship. And yeah. that's something um, some uh, Flinkman who used to be on Generations of X with me uh, mentioned. Okay. Cause I definitely got that in this. I'm like, I don't think they ever said it, but I was definitely getting those vibes. I'm like, okay, I'm seeing things. They're a cute couple. <laughs> I stand mm-hmm. that couple. Right. Right. And, you know, I think what happened with Cable where Cable was like, oh, no, like, go away, Cyclops. I felt like I'm kind of busy right now because he was with Irene Merriweather, who, again, later on, and I may be jumping forward, um, <laughs> is actually the vessel for his greatest Apocalypse. enemy. Yeah, and I was great. just like, uh, okay, sorry. Like, there goes your love interest there. But right. I thought out of character that he at least wouldn't have gone to to help her but um it's i feel like the sense of agency in issue two is palpable and then we obviously have that story with gambit and rogue uh where mr sinister like dupes them in the end but (laughs) and emma's just like "Uh -uh, i'm not having any of this i'm leaving i'm going you know to stay with anna and rebby (laughs) Which, again, at the time, Anna, like, we just found out her name. Like, we did not know that name for Roe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. It was was a really... The the thing is, like, I mean, Anna had been revealed already in the Rogue miniseries. But what this story did, like, so well, it's just that it just brought so much together in terms of the characters and, and making sure all this history was, like, trying to fit into something. And I know Chris Claremont gets, like, a lot of, like hate for having very convoluted writing but if you read x-men the end there is something very special about it and it's because of these little details but mm. anyways so yeah i think that was issue two in a nutshell they kind of like <laughs> the carol gene relationship that's been starting <laughs> oh you're absolutely right wait hang on let me pull back uh that issue i love carol and gene by the way two cosmic characters that have so much in common um mm. I don't know if it happened. It might not, it might not happen in this issue, but I know they talk. There's some. They like start bantering and stuff. It's pretty funny. Oh yeah. So this is yeah. This is where um psych or excuse me, Cyclops Nightcrawler and Gene are talking, and okay, and it's it's a really cute moment, and I love both of them together because uh, if Kurt is the soul of the X Men, Gene is the heart of the X Men. So always seeing them together. Um, is wonderful and he said something to the effect of I'm trying to remember i could i can't find the page but he's here like i never thought i was gonna see you again and she's like you're talking to me or your daughter <laughs> <laughs> and i love that so much um yeah i thought it was it was a great issue i think the scene we're talking about probably happens in issue, later yeah in issue four but you know issue three was just i think more of an establishing like the world the x-men and like what is everyone up to you know, a lot is going on with Aaliyah and her memories of, you know, Bishop and Deathbird. And, you know, we see that she deals a lot with her pain through doing exercise. And it's really establishing her as sort of a major player in this 
in this series. And obviously we catch up with our favorite X-Men. Oh, well, he's my favorite X-Men. No sarcasm, Beast. <laughs> and like, whatever, like Beast is doing whatever the fuck Beast does. But we also see X-23, M is here, Iceman. And so all the X-Men are sort of put on high alert with everything that's going on. And, you know, I like that Jean's, you know, return is sort of the catalyst and the herald for everything that has been going on and obviously in the next issue as i'm seeing it right now is where apocalypse is revealed to be yeah you know uh uh, within irene mary weather and emma's just like you i'm done with this like two cyclops separately she's you're like i'm done you need to prioritize your family cyclops we're gone we're leaving and that's where rogue and emma well emma goes to live with rogue um, because Emma's not having this. She hates all the X-Men. <laughs> she hates yeah, Xavier. That. She's like, you deal with her. That's your ex-wife. That's your mentor. Right. So but, you do it that, I'll do it the family. <laughs> but I'm sorry. I, I know I skipped ahead quite a bit there, but um, I think that puts us at around issue five. If there's anything from issue five you want to call out. Oh, oh, this is with Danny. Okay. And, uh, and Ronnie. Yes. Oh, we'll stay. Okay. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. And then, oh, oh, this is what, oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> I love your reactions. Stop it. That's with your reactions. I'm looking through it. Like, yeah, this is when, like, they, um, Emma and Scott meet up with Gambit and Rogue, and they're having, like, a little beach day with the children. I love then, that they have a beach day. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and, um, oh, oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs> and there's, you know, there's, there's scrolls everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. There's scrolls everywhere. Yeah, all over the place. Um, and I love the what Storm does here with the, like the, uh, tornado freezing thing. The, yeah. The, the, hurricane. So I, guess, I guess she was just in some kind of vessel that's supposed to like heal her body. I not that she was like weakened. I don't know because I was like, man, like that's like that boot on her chest, like at the bottom of the pool. Like I'm like, how can she even focus? But of course, she's a goddess; she can do anything. Right. Oh, and I do love (laughs) when um, Gambit comes back to Rogue, and she's like, "Oh, what a lovely thing to say." <laughs> <Cacao. laughs> <laughs> because she knows that it's not him and it's like oh yeah that's that was pretty cool pretty awesome to me um what i love about this issue so much is obviously the end with strife genesis and madeline Pryor. yeah you get that summer's reunion yeah yes and like i think we were kind of like afraid there for like a second we're like holy shit like are they scrolls? I think, you know, we know for a fact that Madeline isn't. I don't remember. Hang on. I'm scrolling through if it was answered. in. I, I think Strife was what? Strife and, yeah. Strife and Genesis, I feel, were scrolls. And then Madeline turned out to be the real deal, which. Yeah. You know. Which I love, I love because she's the one that's going on. She's like, you know, he left me. You know, he's like, I was his first wife. Like, I, I mean, that, that little Brit moment is perfect because she needs that moment. Yeah. So the, in the following issue, um, yeah. which is the last one we read, um, 
when she's like, this was mine. I was here first, like in Emma and Scott's room. And Dust looks at her and it's like, Miss Jean, have you returned? And you do not call Madeline Pryor Jean Grey. Oh, no, and no. she literally is like, I'm his first wife. And then <laughs> kills Dust. And then takes on oh. her just disguise and like runs off with it to to play secret to the x-men and i'm just like i obviously yeah. that will come to play later but um yeah and obviously the mansion explodes <laughs> and it's uh where we end and I, i'm sorry no i'm jumping around here but uh it ends with gene being like kirk someone just declared war on the x-men and they may have wiped us out so yeah you yeah. know I what were your impression overall impressions of this? I thought it was a fun fun time. Uh, you know, I was like seeing characters that I forgot about because I, I'm not always in it, and so I'm like, oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I had a fun time with it. I like there were some really nice moments, and it was cool to see the start of this journey. Yeah, I I think you know, knowing how it ends, I I can't remember how I felt when I was reading it. I know I was intrigued and I was curious, but I feel like knowing how it ends. I think it's a great journey. I think you just accept it as a story of the X-Men and this is a possible ending scenario for them. And it was written by Chris Claremont. So it's pretty official in that regard. So I enjoyed it. I'm probably going to dive into volume two. Um, But listeners, if you want to see us kiki about the next chapter, please, by all means. Oh, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> all right kevin oh i'm sorry hydrothermal <laughs> Tell us. I, I really like that i'm glad i came up with that it's kind of cool actually kinda i cool love fun. it you're like oh i don't know if it's any good i'm like no it's actually really great <laughs> um do, what exciting projects do you have coming up oh uh hmm. <laughs> i mean i'm definitely doing my podcast still working hard with that um i'm going to work on some new cosplays try to get that soccer one done maybe um another i want to do some i want to do i, I want to maybe do dokken <gasps> you would be a perfect dokken i know I, I say dakin i know everyone says dokken but i say okay. dakin i'm wrong i'm wrong i'm pretty okay. sure you're right but i say dakin so if i say dakin again i'm just on okay you would be a perfect dokken <laughs> because yeah because um when i came out as bisexual another friend of mine who is a big comic book um reader he's um, told me about doc and i'm like oh, and that's when i start i got i got all the dark wolverine issues and i was i'm like this is like the first bisexual character that i know uh, and i'm like he's a complete psychopath but i love him and so i like it was it, i i kind of like him and so i think it'd be fun to cosplay him at some point i love the representation right now in the x books i think we have writers on the team that are really trying and i think a lot of people forget that it originated with characters like dokken and north star and so other many great other countless characters that we can't possibly name you know in a single episode of the podcast but i'm glad that you saw that representation and gravitated towards it yeah does okay so we're, we're we may get a dokken where can folks find you all right, you can find me at KGZ87, KJEEZY87. Uh, and I just do everything there. I'm modeling and cosplay and everything is very eclectic. Uh, and then my podcast page, page Words of the Witches, 
Uh, it's on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Um, and all of you need to go to those communities, engage with them. <laughs> and the listen to our episode is- that we did together. You have such an amazing, infectious personality. I'm so glad we find... We're going on like four hours of talking <laughs> right now. I know. I know. It's been a day, but it's it goes by so quick. It goes by so quickly. Kevin, I can't tell you how grateful I am to have you in my life now and this episode. I thank you for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. This is great. All right, guys. As always, I'm the Uncanny Day Spring signing off.